What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Default Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Core, yesterday, we posted our NFC preview. We said we're coming back with our AFC preview. That's what we're going to do today. And after we preview the AFC conference, we're going to make some of our game picks for week one. I'm definitely excited to get into this. Um, We said yesterday the AFC definitely has the strongest division in football. And overall, I just think the AFC conference may be a little bit deeper than the NFC. So I'm definitely excited to talk about some of these teams. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, so I lean more towards the the AFC. And yeah, I mean, for sure, the the NFC. I'm saying the AFC West is just pure like heavyweight, just gonna be like throwing haymakers at each other. So, I mean, that that division is gonna be so fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, the AFC is just a really deep conference. So, looking forward to uh getting into it. Yeah, let's get right into it. You mentioned you're a Jets guy, of course. So we're gonna stay in the AFC East, go with them first. We're going to start, too, with the Super Bowl favorites right now, Core, the Buffalo Bills. It almost seems like everything is kind of finally potentially lining up really well for them, especially how the offseason played out. I mean, you look across the league, maybe Kansas City lost a couple pieces. We mentioned the Bucks yesterday, a little shuffling on their offensive line. The Rams finally got theirs. It's almost like the Packers lose Devontae. It's like almost maybe – Maybe the Bills are up next. I mean, they got absolutely robbed, you could say, in that divisional round game. And not robbed in the sense that, like, the Chiefs didn't deserve to win the game. But, like, Josh Allen played so well. And it was just, like, 13 seconds they couldn't get a stop. And then they didn't, like, get the ball in overtime and stuff like that. So that was definitely a sour way to go out for the Buffalo Bills. But I think they're going to be coming back with a vengeance this year. Their big offseason acquisition is Von Miller. Of course, six years, $120 million. Obviously, his best days are behind him. He's not the same hash rusher he was when he was winning Super Bowl MVP for the Denver Broncos. But, I mean, Von Miller is still a Pro Bowl-level pass rusher, and I think he's going to help complement a lot of other pieces on the Buffalo defense. I think it'll help a lot this year, too. They'll get their Pro Bowl-level corner, Davius White, back at some point this season. I believe he was just placed on the physically unable to perform list, so he'll be back at some point in this season. But again, the Bills, like I don't, I don't want to say that they're almost like looking ahead in a sense, but the Bills are more you know, they just need him back at least by midseason, or like you know what I mean, to get him, get him a couple games under his belt, and then get him right for the playoffs and stuff like that. We'll get a little deeper into this team, but uh, yeah, I mean, what's your initial reaction, Connor, with Buffalo this year? I mean, I think if if there's a team like this year, like I think it's like their year. I think it's got to be the Buffalo Bills. They lose a a heartbreaker in the divisional round to the Chiefs. I mean, that game was crazy back and forth. And they go out and get a great um great pass rusher. Obviously, like you said, uh his best days are behind him, but he's still a really impactful player coming off of getting a ring. So he's got that winning pedigree. Obviously, one one also in um in Denver. So you're getting a winner as long as a really good pass rusher. So I think Josh Allen, I think right now, you can argue like he he's the best quarterback in the NFL, a dual threat, just like big body. I mean absolute cannon like there's just he could do everything on the football field six foot five just he's not afraid to take hits he could run you over he could throw it 80 the guy is just unbelievable I think as long as he's on this team with Stefan Dig, Gabe Davis um gonna step into that number two role officially Dawson Knox just got an extension I think this offense the ceiling um there's no limit I think they could just be I think they could be the best offense in the NFL so I think the Bills I mean I think we're both going to agree on this. I think this AFC East, their division to lose, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm a Jets fan, but, like, 
I think the Bills win this division easily. I think could have the best record in football. So I'm really high on the Bills. And like you said, they're going to get back Tredavious White, um, top corner in the league, hopefully still. So, yeah, I think it, this is the Bills' year. Like, they got to go. And if everything works right, like, they can easily win the Super Bowl, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's their year. Yeah, listen, they definitely hope so. I know offensively you mentioned that Gabriel Davis will be stepping into a little bit of a bigger role now. Isaiah McKenzie, also another guy who they've used a little bit in certain ways. I know Brian Dable, their former offensive coordinator, now gone, also loved to use McKenzie. So I'm curious to see how Ken Dorsey will step up. He's the former quarterback's coach there. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of familiarity within the scheme there. I wouldn't expect too much to be different. But at this point, if you ask me, Josh Allen is so established as a top three quarterback in football, so comfortable with the system that, like, Dable, like, the loss of date, like, Josh Allen's just ability in a sense and his own, like, football IQ now and his comfort, like, comfortability will be able to kind of um, – offset a little bit of the loss that Brian Dable will have on that team. James Cook, another interesting piece that they drafted in the third round this past year out of Georgia. Defensively, I thought they did a good job in the draft. They got Kair Elam from Florida, another defensive back, who'll help that corner. And Terrell Bernard, who was from Baylor, linebacker too, who'll go there. Gregory Rousseau, another young piece that they have, who going into his second year, hopefully can develop and keep getting after the passer because that's what they're going to need to do if they want to beat some of these top quarterbacks in the AFC. I'm with you, though, Core, 100%. I think this is easily Buffalo's division to lose outside of the NFC South. I really think that this is maybe the easiest pick for sure. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to talk about some of these other teams, Core. I mean, curious to where you see the number two team possibly being in this division. I guess I'll start with mine first. I know the New England Patriots, obviously, they still got Bill Belichick and stuff like that, but they kind of disappointed me with what they did this offseason. Their offensive coordinator situation is kind of a mess right now. It looks like almost like Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are kind of like splitting the duties in a sense. They haven't really filled the role officially since Josh McDaniels walked away. Outside of Devontae Parker, not a whole lot of additions. Jabril Peppers on the defensive side of the ball. It, it always seems like Bill Belichick is able to win with less. But I don't. I, I just think like this is a Patriots team last year that was like I think they were ten and seven last year in the regular season. Then they got absolutely blown out by Buffalo. They got Belichick, so you never write them off. They have a great offensive line, but I don't know. Of course, it, it's just I don't. I don't know if they got the roster enough that even for like Bill Belichick, this might just be a little too tough to handle. Yeah, I mean, if we're gonna talk about who's the second best team in this division, I mean, in my opinion, like I don't really think it's that close. I think it's the Miami Dolphins, but yeah, I mean, the Patriots to me, I think if you look at that roster, like. Very, it's a very like mids, like mediocre type roster, like offensive side of the ball. I mean, they get Devontae Parker from from Miami, but like, is Devontae Parker a, a, a number one wide receiver in this league? Probably not. I mean, on defense, like, yeah, you lose JC Jackson, you have Matthew Judon. I'd say he's probably your best player on defense. And then, I mean, Mac Jones, kind of just like, I don't know. I don't really see Mac Jones as like, a high ceiling type guy. Like, I don't think his potential is through the roof. Like he had a good year last year because he's in the system. I mean, Josh McDaniels, um, not with the Patriots anymore. So I don't know. I really don't see the Patriots making the playoffs. I think they're the third. I mean, if, if I had a lot of jets bias, I'd say they're the fourth best team in this division, but I, I don't, I don't think they're the second best. I think it's definitely the Miami dolphins who 
Obviously acquired Tyree Kill in the offseason from the Chiefs. Got Chase Edmonds from from the Cardinals. Um, yeah, I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, he's surrounded with weapons right now. I mean, they get Teron Armstead also from uh, from the Saints. So I think this Dolphins team could could be a, a sneaky t- sneaky pick in the AFC to do some damage. I mean, their defense obviously still really good. I mean, Javon Holland, um, really good safety. Obviously, you have um, Xavion Howard. And I don't know. I just think this Dolphins team, whose defense has been good, I think the offense has been upgraded. I know they don't have Brian Flores anymore, but I still think uh, – I think the Dolphins are definitely the second-best team. I'm a huge Mike McDaniel believer. I think he is one of the best offensive minds in football. I think that what he was able to do in San Francisco with the run game, I think he's going to able to be able to help hide Tua's like weaknesses, and he's really going to be able to bring out his strength. Listen, Tua is an accurate quarterback. Maybe he's not necessarily like this guy with a huge, huge arm who's going to throw the ball 70 yards down the field. But like, I don't know. I just like I get a little aggravated sometimes when people talk about, oh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, like they're going to do nothing now with Tua. Like Tua's got a noodle arm and stuff like that. Like you got a top three to five offensive mind in the world drawing up plays for these guys. He's going to get two of the fastest guys in football the ball in ways that you probably haven't seen. Like I'm sure that Waddle and Hill will finish with, I don't know, like a, like a like a bunch of carries or the amount of times that they're going to touch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and stuff like that or screens. Like, like they are going to get these guys. He's going to get his playmakers the ball. It's just so obvious. The running back by committee, it looks like there with Edmonds and Mochard, who they bring in from Arizona and San Francisco, I think will help. Armstead will be huge up front. They also added Connor Williams for to an offensive line that has been really bad for two of these past couple of years. Defensively, like you said, not a ton of change. The biggest change will be Brian Flores leaving and not really having his hands on the defense. They promoted a guy from within there. He used to be there. I don't remember exactly what his role was. He actually might have still been the D coordinator there, but Flores obviously oversaw the defense there. So at least there is some familiarity there. But yeah, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I think Miami, I don't necessarily know if they're a playoff team, but I think for sure that they can win nine, 10 games this year. And um, I think it's a make or break year for Tua for sure. But I think that Tua is going to have some success because, again, I believe in McDaniel really bringing out the best in him. Corey, I just want to say one thing about, um, yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Like Waddle and Tyree Kill, like, yeah, I hear that too. Like, people are like, how are they going to get the ball? Like, they don't have to run a streak or like a deep ball, like, every time. Like, these guys are two of the fastest guys in the leagues. Just give them like screen passes, stuff like that. Just get the ball in their hands and let them get in space. Like, I think having a guy like two, like, he doesn't have to throw the ball that deep. Like, you can just get them short passes, and these guys are just really good after the catch. That's why I think this Dolphins offense could be really good this year. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, again, and then it's almost like, all right, well, you want to get in their face and like kind of jam them at the line of scrimmage and take away some of the underneath stuff. Well, all right, have fun pressing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Let's see what happens. Two of them will be able to deliver the football, no problem to them deep because they'll be 40 yards open. Like it, it, it could get ugly if you start doing that. But brings us to the Jets core, year two under Zach Wilson. I mentioned yesterday how the Bears had not done a great job surrounding their young quarterback with things. And, of course, they have a lot of money tied into like get their dead cap this year because they had to deal Khalil Mack and stuff like that. But what Joe Douglas has done for Zach Wilson potentially to at least have a chance to develop, if you ask me, is 
it's a blueprint, if you ask me. He brings in Garrett Wilson this past offseason, Lakin Tomlinson, a former Pro Bowl guard from San Francisco. Dwayne Brown, he brings in to sure up on the offensive line. Brees Hall, he drafts. The Jets have a brutal first – it's either first nine games or first ten games. It is. It's right before their bye week. They do have a tough draw course. So I'm not 100% like, – like they're not going to win a ton of games, if you ask me, this year. But I think the Jets have potentially be a lot better of a football team than their record is this year. And obviously – Wilson can really show that he could be a franchise quarterback. He's got a lot of pieces around him to at least give him the chance. It's the same thing with Tua, if you ask me. Like Tua and Wilson are in – I know Tua is a year older than him league-wise, but both of these guys really finally have a fair shot here that their organizations after the season are going to be able to be like, all right, like we gave him what we would say is maybe enough, like, ATR guy for the next six to eight years. Yeah, I mean, as a Jets fan, like I was pretty pretty happy about the moves they made. This offseason, like you look at that, you look at the roster on both sides of the ball, like it's definitely a respectable up and coming team, in my opinion. The only thing, like, it's kind of like annoying is Zach Wilson obviously gets hurt in his first um, preseason game against the Eagles. And I think he's out, he's out until I think they said the earliest he'll be back is week four. So Joe Flacco mm-hmm. will step in. But I mean, the Jets made it clear, like, this offseason, especially like in the draft, they're like, oh, we're going to go get Garrett Wilson. And Brees Hall, two of probably, I'd say, the best players. I mean, could make an argument for Garrett Wilson or, like, other good receivers. But, I mean, Brees Hall, probably the best running back in the draft. Um, Garrett Wilson, top receiver in the draft. Obviously, you still got Elijah Moore. Corey Davis, I think, right now, stepping into that wide receiver three role kind of. I think, like, that's pretty good. And, I mean, Jeremy Rucker, like, this tight end room is pretty steep. They get Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzoma. So, Ruckert, probably the best tight end in the, in the draft also. So I think um, Joe Douglas did a really good job trying to surround Zach Wilson with weapons. It's honestly a shame this guy, this guy, Makai Becton, guy can't catch a break out here, out for the season. Like, I just want to see the guy play some games. It seems like he's always hurt. Maybe he's just, he's just such a big guy. I guess it's, like, hard to stay healthy. And I think on defense they made some um, some sneaky moves. Obviously – First pick, you're taking Sauce Gardner. I think Sauce Gardner, people might say he played at Cincinnati in the athletic conference. Like, he still did really well in um in that game against Bama. Jameson Williams really didn't have any big plays. So, I think Sauce Gardner could step in and um be a franchise, like, changing corner. I like the Quan, Allens- Quan Alexander pickup. Carl Lawson will be back. So, yeah, the Jets do have a really tough schedule. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But if they could be competitive and just take another um, step up, I think that that's the goal for them. I mean, obviously the goal is the playoffs, but I don't know how realistic that is. But, yeah, I think the Jets can definitely be competitive this year, and I think they're heading in the right direction. Yeah, you mentioned Sauce Gardner on the defensive side of things. Also on the other side of him, DJ Reed coming in from Seattle. They also drafted Jermaine Johnson trading back into the first round. So, again, a lot of moves are made by Joe Douglas. And if you ask me, I kind of think like like their timeline, if you ask me, is to maybe compete for a playoff spot next year. And I think they're all right on line with it. Uh, thankfully, Zach Wilson, it wasn't a season-ending injury. Hopefully, he's back on the field as early as possible, which it looks like would possibly be week four because he needs the season to kind of develop. And it would suck if it was like almost a lost season because it could kind of almost throw off the Jets' timeline a little bit that they've kind of worked really well at establishing. And honestly, like I said, it looks like – they have a plan and they're executing it very well, 100%. 
core moving out of the AFC East, we will move to the AFC North, one of the best divisions of football last year. It was real competitive from the top to bottom. We'll start with the reigning AFC champions, the Cincinnati Bengals core. I mean, I'm not a huge Bengals guy. I think you're a little bit more than me, Core. Do you still see the Bengals as a team who like are going to go back-to-back potentially winning this conference? Or do you think that the Bengals kind of ran into a little bit of luck last year and maybe due for some regression this year? See, like, I think the Bengals have a good a good roster, but the thing is, like, that's about them is, I don't know, like, they're if you look at their offense, like, their skill guys, quarterback, I think are really good, but honestly, like, this wasn't even a team that you even, like, we talked about this kind of, like, last year, like, their defense was kind of, like, sneaky good last year, and their offense, who had good talent, you, you can make an argument, like, it wasn't even, like, I, I think it was, it was their better side of the ball, but, like, it's not like it was, like, that much better. Like, in the in the playoffs, their defense definitely showed up. I don't know. I liked them. They, they picked up Lael Collins from the Cowboys um, to bolster the offensive line. I, I would still say I think the Bengals are going to win the AFC North, I think, another year. Um, I expect them to be good. I think they did run into some luck. And we also discussed this. Like, I don't think the Bengals are going to be, like, back – in the Super Bowl, the AFC is so stacked. I think they did get hot. But, I mean, I still think they're a really good team. I think Jamar Chase, um, obviously coming off a monster rookie season, I think he's just a generational talent. I think he'll be obviously really good. I think the offense is going to be really good. And, yeah, I mean, the defense, like I said last year, like maybe the only thing like a, a corner, like Eli Apple, I don't know how much. I mean, Awuzier, he's pretty good. But Eli Apple – I don't know, like how reliably is Jesse Bates a really good safety? So, I mean, this is a ta- this is a pretty talented team, in my opinion. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I think they win this division, but I don't know, like I I don't see them like coming out of the AFC. But I expect another good year from uh, from Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Yeah, I think that. Listen, another year with Burrow, with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd. They just have so many weapons. They bring in Hayden Hurst as well. Thought was huge for them, as you mentioned, Leo Collins. They also brought in Alex Kappa from the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, Ted Karras, I believe he came from New England. I mean, that's your center, your right guard, and your right tackler. That's three out of five new offensive linemen for a team, obviously, that I think Burrow was sacked like nine times in that game against Tennessee in the playoffs. I think they did run into just a good situation, and they just ran hot, if you ask me. Like, they played pretty well down the stretch. They had that awesome game in the regular season against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they had a nice comeback in the playoffs against the Chiefs. And listen, at the end of the day, they had a chance to go on a drive and go win a Super Bowl. So I don't want to say that they may be like primed, like that they're going to take a step back because this is such a young team and stuff like that. But I do think that obviously last year, I mean, everybody will tell you, I think even the Bengals might say they overseeded, uh, they overachieved last year. Like they, they exceeded their expectations for sure. So I think that maybe you don't put the Bengals as like a shoe in, like maybe you would, like the, like the Rams and the Bengals obviously both just won the conference, but I still think that there's like a different feeling around both those teams. Not saying that the Bengals are this like team that's going to squeeze into the playoffs, but you know what I mean? I'm not putting the Bengals, if you ask me, as my clear cut one or two teams to win the NFC. Like if you say like the Rams potentially are, but I do think that the Bengals are still going to be no doubt competitive this year. I think they're still a playoff football team. Cool. I personally do not think though that they will win this division. My pick to win this division will be the Baltimore Ravens. And that's because of all the injuries last year, I mean, Lamar Jackson, Marlon Humphrey was banged up towards the end of late last year. Marcus Peters missed all last year. J.K. Dobbins missed all last year. Even Huntley got hurt when he came in for Lamar Jackson. 
Um, they bring in Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton to the draft, Williams from the Saints and free agency. Kyle Fuller also an interesting add to that secondary that, I mean, they are kind of stacked. Mike McDonald comes over from the University of Michigan to go coach their defense. So I'm definitely interested to see how he adapts to NFL life. He was in the Ravens organization for a lot of years, went to Michigan then for just one year. And I mean, what he was able to do at the college, the collegiate level was very impressive. So I'm definitely curious for that. I just think them getting healthy and stuff like that will help them big time. I think Lamar is definitely due for a huge year. Um, keep an eye on his contract situation. He said he wants to get paid by Friday or he's not going to talk about it. They did trade away Marquise Brown. I thought it was a good trade in the sense of value-wise, but they never really replaced him. Rashad Bateman, a former first-time pick, is going to step into a wide receiver one role that maybe he's not ready for, but uh, he kind of has to get ready for Like You know what I mean? Kind of throwing, throwing him into the fire here. So I like the Ravens over the Bengals here. I mean, the, Bengals lost, the Ravens lost five straight last year after starting off. I believe they were eight and three or eight and five. I think they were eight and four, and then they lost five straight down the stretch. But they still were real close in a lot of games. It just the injuries just added up way too much. They also one and five in their division last year. Which, if you ask me, like that's something where if they're going to have to beat their division, that that's something I don't see happening again. I think that John Harbor, obviously one of the top coaches in this league, so I think that the Ravens are due for a little bit of a bounce back here to end up taking the AFC North. But, but I'm curious what you think of the Baltimore Ravens and how you like them comparatively to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I mean, I think these two teams are going to be the the two best teams in the AFC North. I think both these teams will end up getting in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens getting healthy is for sure going to be really big. I mean, they even get, they get JK Dobbins back guy who missed all you last year. I see. I'm not sure. Wait, is he, he's going to be back for week one or. I'm not sure. Dobbins, it looked like Dobbins was on pace to play week one, but like there's some conflicting reports. I have I have not checked the injury report this week for week one. I know Gus Edwards for sure is not playing. He's on he's out for the first four weeks. Yeah, but no, Dobbins they're a little bit more optimistic about. He's, yeah. he's definitely been practicing in some capacity. I'll look into it, but continue. Oh yeah, I think the Ravens. I mean, their defense I think is really good. You're getting back a lot of guys. You're getting Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, signed Marcus Williams. Um, Patrick Queen obviously a stud. Calais Campbell still there. I think. I just think that the Ravens are like a team, very well coached. I think Lamar Jackson, he's shown it in his career in the NFL. He he's just a winner. Like people, people slander the way he plays. Like he wins football games. I think the Ravens are going to win football games this year. I think definitely the only concern you did lose Marquise Brown. The weapons on the outside, I wouldn't say are great. I mean, if Bateman can step in and be a guy getting over a thousand yards. They do have Mark Andrews also, who's seems to be Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, who's ever there, like one of their favorite targets. So I don't know. This is a team whose um, ingredient for success has been the run game a lot. And I think obviously with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, if they can get Dobbins back, I expect them to run really well. So, Hey, I did, I picked the Bengals to win the, the AFC North, but I think that the, the Ravens will be right there. And we'll also make the playoffs this year if they could stay healthy because, I don't know, when, they, when they've been healthy over the last few years, they've, they've been a really good team. And I think Lamar Jackson is is a superstar in this league. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty high on the Ravens, but I don't think I, – I still think the Bengals will win, but I'm high I'm high on the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, and Lamar Jackson potentially playing on, on a one-year deal. I mean, now I'm crossing sports here, Corey, but you see what Aaron Judge has done on a one-year deal kind of when the Yankees have didn't want to pay him 
in the off season before the regular season started. So maybe the same thing happens with Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? Maybe we're a little crossover. By the way, I did look into it, Court. J.K. Dobbins was limited in practice on Wednesday. So at that point, you know what I mean? A guy coming off a torn ACL hasn't been, hasn't shed like the limited like tag in practice that has not a full go. Maybe I'd say leaning no if I had to say they did bring in Kenyon Drake. I noticed that's a lot of that's not really it's not 2020, so he's not that's not really making a lot of noise. I know he's coming off his own injury as well. Um, one last thing I'll mention with the Ravens on the offensive line, they did draft Tyler Lindenbaum, who I thought was far and away the best center in the draft this year. So we'll definitely help out on the interior there. We'll wrap up the AFC North core. I think without Deshaun Watson for the first 11 games, the Browns and Jacoby Brissett are just not a true enough contender. I don't think they're going to be able to stay as competitive because this division is too good. If the Browns are maybe playing in a weaker division, such as the NFC South, maybe they could be a second place team there and squeeze into a wild card. Or maybe if they were in the NFC East, the same thing. But I think in the North, when you're playing against the Bengals, the Ravens and the Steelers, and obviously all the other AFC games that they're playing that are tough. I just think it's going to be a little bit too much. Yes. I know they brought in Amari Cooper and they bring in a lot of pieces on defense I just think it's a little bit too much to overcome. And the same thing with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be competitive, but I think that, like, I don't like, I don't think that Ben Roethlisberger, don't get me wrong, hasn't, like, obviously he's Ben Roethlisberger, but, like, I don't think the drop-off from Ben last year to Mitch Trubisky this year is going to be that big of a deal. I know they're already looking towards the Kenny Pickett era, but I think Mitch has a chance to be pretty solid this year. I don't know how long his leash is going to be. I think just because of Mike Tomlin that this Pittsburgh team is still going to win eight, nine games, and they're going to be competitive week in and week out. But I just, again, their offensive line is kind of a mess. And I just think that the Bengals and the Ravens overall are just a, like are just more talented football teams than the Steelers team. Although, like I said, I think the Steelers, maybe if they got really good QB play, could definitely contend for the division. But it's just something that, like, as much as I think Trubisky could bounce back or Pickett could potentially step in and perform, I just don't think that that's something that like, I'm willing to really, like, say and then have the Steelers winning the NFC, the AFC North here. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that logic. Mm, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's close. I think the the Ravens and the Bengals are like a step ahead of both these teams. I mean, Deshaun Watson's going to come back, but it's going to be a little late. They're going to need, I think just the, the Steelers and the, and the Browns are just two teams who I see like at best to be like mediocre. Like I don't really see them being above a nine-win team, I really don't see that. I think, like, I think both these rosters are, are decent, but yeah, I mean, both of them are lacking a quarterback. Like, obviously, the two best quarterbacks in this division, not even close, Lamar Jackson and um Joe Burrow. But I don't know when Deshaun Watson will be back. The guy hasn't played in an NFL game in a while, so <clears throat> I don't know what to expect from him. But I don't know. You're saying like I think Mitch Trubisky coming in quarterback. I think I know Ben Roethlisberger had like decent stats, but the guy couldn't really throw the ball last year. Like he couldn't really sling it deep. So I don't really see like Mitch Trubisky if he gets his like feet wet and like gets comfortable. I really don't see it as a downgrade. If anything, I kind of see it as a slight upgrade from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big Ben last year. So if I had to choose between these two teams right now, I'd I'd pick the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Browns just because like. Jacoby Brissett's like a career kind of journeyman. I think he's serviceable, but I would take Mitch Trubisky over Jacoby Brissett. And I think Steelers defense, I know the Browns got Miles Garrett and did get Jadavion Clowney, but I'd still take the Steelers um over the Browns. But I don't see either one of these teams in such a stacked AFC 
I don't see either one of these teams making the playoffs. But as you said, like Mike Tomlin, just one of the best coaches in the league. That team, I mean, I don't know, I don't know the stat right now, but I know this team always is like at least five hundred. So I don't expect anything different with um with Trubisky under center. Obviously, you lose Juju Smith Schuster, but you're bringing NFL young boy George Pickens. So I think I think the Steelers will be better than the Browns, but I don't think either either one of these teams went over over nine games. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of in agreement. I think that I would take Pittsburgh over the Browns this season, especially with eleven games of Jacoby Brissett and then Watson. Like in those last six games, you don't really know if you're still going to get that Pro Bowl level Watson. It still might take a couple weeks for him to get back up to full NFL speed. Um, by the way, Mike Tomlin has never had a year under five hundred as his coach. Like as a coach this year. So, I mean, again, I can easily see these teams winning. Like, I think like not too much will separate these two teams. I think maybe Pittsburgh's an eight, nine win team where Cleveland's maybe a seven, eight win team, depending on maybe if Watson plays a little better down the stretch. If not, maybe they're a six win team. I don't, I don't know. I think the Cleveland Browns also is too good too, for them to win only six games this year. So for me to say that, but I, ultimately I have the Ravens there and I just want to make sure you're going with the Bengals in that division. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we're like I said, we're both in agreement that those two teams, there's a gap. Th- those two teams are pretty close, and then the other two teams are pretty close. But there is definitely a decent gap. But this AFC North is always very competitive when they're playing um, within the division. So I'm definitely looking forward to those battles this year. Going to a division core that I think will be a lot less competitive than the AFC North will be the AFC South. You could say this is a two-horse race. I mean, we'll start with the two teams that are really not going to be competing for this division, if you ask me, the two teams that are rebuilding, the Texans and the Jaguars. I'll start with the Jaguars first. I think them hiring Doug Peterson was an awesome get for Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, what Peterson was able to do for Carson Wentz, a lot of RPOs, a lot of just easy reads for him. And I think that, like again, it's rare that you're able to hire a head coach who has a proven record of working with a young quarterback. And that's what Peterson's done in his career. So I'm definitely looking forward for that for Trevor Lawrence after the mess that they had with Urban Meyer last year. And then they spent a lot of money this offseason to try to, again, similar to the Jets, just like, Maybe it wasn't smart money, you could say, but it's money nonetheless to see is Trevor Lawrence our guy. Let's at least get him some weapons. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. They brought up uh, Brendan Sheriff from the Washington Commanders to play right guard for them. They also get Travis Etienne back there, 2021 first-time pick, who I think is going to have a big year. See, They drafted Trayvon Walker first overall this past April. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Jaguars. I think they're going to be – Pretty exciting. I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they have a chance definitely to win about six, seven games. And people will just be like, all right, like the Jaguars, they've been bad the past couple of years, but they are turning around a little bit. Whereas the Texans, I'm not so optimistic with. I think that their roster is a little ugly. And I, I don't know. I'm not 100%. I, didn't, I don't think Lovey Smith was their first choice as a head coach. I think Davis Mills is a good quarterback. And with Pep Hamilton as his OC, he'll maybe be able to take another step in the right direction. Hopefully for the Texans, they could walk out of the season knowing that Mills could be their franchise quarterback. But outside of that, I mean, I'm excited to see Derek Stingley this year back in action. Obviously they took him third overall. That was maybe a little bit of a surprise to some people, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm just not too optimistic about the Texans. I think the Jaguars are definitely a significantly better football team than the Houston Texans. Yeah. I'd say on paper for sure the Jacksonville Jaguars are a better team. I don't think either one of these teams really do anything. I think the Jaguars did bring in some um I mean obviously you make Christian Kirk a really high paid receiver in this league. I'm not saying Christian Kirk's not good, but you could probably name about 30 wide receivers who are better than him. But I mean they're they're trying to bring in uh weapons for, for Trevor Lawrence. So I guess I could respect that you bring in Evan Ingram, Zay Jones also. So 
I don't know. I mean, Travis Etienne, I expect to to be a crucial piece to this offense. I don't know. I think you think about it like Trevor Lawrence. I know he was on the Jaguars, like a really bad team. It was a pure disaster last year. Like you look at his stats last year, he really I don't know, he kind of struggled. I mean, he had 17 interceptions, only 12 touchdowns. I'm not saying like it's easy to perform in that system, but like Trevor Lawrence coming out of college, like he was a can't top, miss dude. top top. What? Yeah, no, like just top prospect. Like he was supposed to be the guy. So I think he got the all-time pass last year, which I'll give him the pass. But I think, like, there's got to be some type of pressure on Trevor Lawrence this year. I expect him to definitely elevate his game. But, like, I don't know. I think he's he really got a pass last year for that. Like, he did not play good at all. So I think he'll I think he'll improve this year. But I don't know. I, I'm not really on the Jaguars hype at all. I know Trayvon Walker, um, first pick. I'm excited to see how he does. But. Yeah, I don't think the Jag- – I think the Jaguars are better than the Texans, but, I mean, it's – I don't think the Jaguars are really going to do anything. Then the Texans, I mean, you look at that roster outside of – I mean, yeah, you bring in Stingley in the draft. Brandon Cooks, one of the most underrated receivers in this generation, honestly, just always seems to be putting over 1,000 yards. But, I mean, Davis Mills, I think that's the main thing for the Texans this year. They just want to see if, if he could be the guy because he honestly had a sneaky good year last year, like – probably outplayed Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he did outplay mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence, but in two, like, really bad teams. So, outside of Davis Mills, I don't know, like, there's really not that much to this Texans team. So, I think you just go and see if Davis Mills could be that guy who has another good season. Then you kind of build around him, bring in a good, like, bolster old line, try to bring in some weapons for him. So, I think the Texans this year, like, the main thing, just to see if Davis Mills could be that guy. And if he can, then you uh, then you go from there. Yeah, I mean, the Texans, and I mean, like I said, I think the Jaguars, like we've, again, talked about these teams now for a little bit, but like, I think it's the same thing for both of these teams. Like, at the end of the day, it comes out to this, like, their quarterbacks in year two, do they show enough growth from year one to year two? And then even where they are after year two, like, is that not t- potentially good enough that you're like, all right, like, I, we want to stick with this guy. Like, this is our dude. Like, we don't need to look at a quarterback because the quarterback class in 2023 could potentially be pretty stacked towards the top half. And I mean, these guys, you think the Texans and the Jags are going to be picking in the top 10. So they're going to have a chance, a premium pick to take a quarterback. So they definitely, that's the one thing that both these teams can definitely, or probably their number one priority walking out of the season. But aside from those two teams, Corey, we got to talk about the top end of this division, which comes in the shape of the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. I'll just straight up go with my pick first and then kind of give my rationale why. I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts here. And I think it's a lot further than some people may think. I have completely off the Tennessee Titans. It seems like I've never really bought into their hype the past couple of years. And I don't know why. Last year, they were the one seed. They did lose in a playoff game that they probably should have won, but a bad Ryan Tannehill interception late. Um, they lost A.J. Brown, which is a huge loss. And they never they didn't really do a ton to replace him. I know they drafted Traylon Burks, but like for Burks to step in week one and take A.J. Brown's production is pretty intense. And also Robert Woods as well, coming off a torn ACL. What I mean is what like, they didn't get a crazy proven like commodity who is a hundred percent healthy and stuff like that. Like there's still some uh, Robert Woods, a great track record, but again, these guys coming off a torn ACL. So I don't necessarily love that. They did just lose Harold Landry on the defensive side of the ball. Who's one of their best defenders there. They still have Jeffrey Simmons, but I'm all over the Indianapolis Colts. I thought that last year they had a bad collapse. I thought they were, 
I thought that they were going to get into the playoffs. They were going to do a lot of damage because they were a lot better than their record. But ultimately, they lost that Week 17 game to the Raiders, and then they collapsed in Week 18 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm going to go with the Colts and Matt Ryan taking over there at 37 years old, maybe towards the down ends of his career. But I think he's still going to be able to do enough definitely to win this division. They're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor. I think Michael Pittman is prime for a breakout year. And a couple of real good pieces on the defensive side of the ball with Stephon Gilmore and Yannick Nagakwe. They get Julian Blackman back, who was out almost all of last year. I believe he tore his Achilles. So this is a guy who showed a lot of promise as a rookie. Definitely looking forward to seeing him back. And obviously, newly, newly he's going to go by Shaq Leonard this year, formerly Darius Leonard or Shaquille Leonard is what oh, his what? full name. I think it was either his middle – it used to be his middle name or maybe Darius was his middle name. I don't know. He's going to change. It's going to take a couple weeks getting used to for sure. A different name, but still a star in the middle of that defense, along with DeForest Buckner. So I honestly, again, I think this division, there's a pretty decent gap between number one and number two. I'm definitely going with the Colts here to win this division. I think the Colts will win this one by a couple games. As good of a coach as Mike Vrabel is, reigning coach of the year, and how good the Titans sometimes play for their competition. I just think that I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in for the. I mean, I didn't even talk about Derrick Henry's coming off an injury too, and you don't know what you're going to get out of him. So I'm going to stay with the Colts, and that's kind of where I stand. Yeah, I mean, if you, like, look at this line, I don't, I don't know what it is now, I think. I think the, the Colts were only, like, were only, like, minus 115 to win this division, which kind of concerns me, I think. I'll just say that's just respect to Mike Vrabel and how good of a coach he is, but I think minus 115 for the Colts to win this division, it just seems, like, seems very, like, light. Like, I think it should be close to, like, a minus 150, minus 160 line. Like, I just think, they're the clear better team in this division. I think at this point, like Carson Wentz should have been better. I think Matt Ryan is is a slight upgrade from from Carson Wentz. I know the guy's thirty seven, but like he still could. I think I think he's an upgrade right now from from Carson Wentz. And yeah, I mean the offense. Jonathan Taylor obviously had a monster year. Michael Pittman, I think stepping in. I mean second year of a wide receiver one role. I think. He's he's gonna he's gonna elevate his game. Obviously, you still got that really good old line in. Yeah, I mean the defense is good. You bring in um Yannick Ngakwe from from Las Vegas. I mean Stephon Gilmore. I don't know how much he's got left in the tank, but it's still another um secondary help. So yeah, I think this is the Colts division. I know last year uh, Tennessee won, but I don't know. I think Tennessee just got some, a lot of question marks like. Derrick Henry, I mean, I think Derrick Henry is just not even human. I think he's the best running back in the league. I'll still say he is until someone shows me different. But coming off an injury for a guy who, I mean, you look at the last few years, he's had a ton of carries. Like his workload has been unreal compared to other other running backs in this league. I think how much more can the Titans just continue to ride him, especially coming off an injury like He's kind of been the engine for that team. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to have to step up. Obviously, he lost A.J. Brown. They bring in Robert Woods, and I think um, there's some pressure on first-round pick Traylon, um, Traylon Burks. I mean, if he can come in, and they kind of wanted him to come in and be like an A.J. Brown-type player or like a Debo, like just like a big-body receiver, physical receiver. So I think – I still think the Titans will be there – like for a playoff spot, I don't think they win this division, but I think they'll still be like a nine, ten win team just because I think Mike Vrabel is a really good coach. But yeah, I think this is the the Colts' division to lose, and I think they'll end up winning it. 
yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right with that last part. I think Mike Vrabel's too good of a coach for this Titans team to be irrelevant this year and not be in playoff talks, but this is for sure the Colts' division to lose, which brings us to our last division that we're going to talk about, Core, and we save the best for last, the AFC West, and we'll start with, I mean, where do we want to start, Core? I mean, I guess we'll start with the team that we deserve to start with, the reigning champs of the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs. There was a couple big losses for them. Offensively, they lose Tyree Kill, which is definitely the one that takes all the headlines and stuff like that. And how will Mahomes perform without his number one receiver who's able to run by any coverage because he's the fastest guy out there. And if you play man on him, then you can't guard him. And if you play zone, then you can let Mahomes depict the – like decipher his own all game and stuff like that. So without him, how will their offense adjust? And Tyron Matthew on the defensive side too also left. So they do lose a couple pieces. There was no clear replacement to Tyree Kill. It looks like it's going to be a replacement by committee, but they got a couple ball players to do that. Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, was one of the most underrated signings of the offseason. He's coming off an injury himself, but this is a guy who had, what, like a 1,400-yard year, his second year in the season, in the league with Ben Roethlisberger. So I think that with Mahomes, he's got a chance to do some damage there. Sky Moore, they drafted. Marquise Valdez-Scantling, I know he never really put it together in Green Bay, but that's a guy who can absolutely burn on the outside. I mean, that dude can run. And with Nicole Hardman on the other side, I mean, again, Kansas City speed, although they lost Tyree Kill, they're still not lacking in speed. And at the end of the day, I mean, we're going against arguably one of the most talented, like he, the most talented quarterback that we've ever seen in Patrick Mahomes in our lifetime, if you ask me. I mean, debated on who's better right now, Mahomes or Allen. It's, I mean, no, neither one's complaining, whoever has them. You're winning that debate both ways. I mean, they're both so spectacular. Mahomes continues to show year in and year out that he's just like, he's unreal. He really is. I think Travis Kelsey is getting a little up there in age, but he's primed for another big year, especially without Hill. And I think early on in the season, maybe Mahomes will lean to Kelsey more in big spots and stuff like that. I'd like to see them maybe establish a little bit more of a running game. It always seems like since they drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire that it would be like, all right, like we're going to try to get this thing going. And it never like it never gets completely clicking there. Their defense has been streaky the past two years where all of a sudden they'll start putting it together. Um, but at the end of the day, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, this team is going to be in Super Bowl contention really for as long as they're still together. Um, and, yeah, I still think, again, they're one of the teams to beat. But I don't think it's as like – whereas the past couple of years the Chiefs have been like this number one. It's like who's beat – like. I don't know necessarily this year if you're saying that the Chiefs are the team to beat, whereas the past two years, I would definitely say that going into the year, you're like, all right, the Chiefs are the team to beat. I mean, this division, I mean, everyone everyone got better. I mean, the Chiefs, can't really say the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. Like, we still got Patrick Mahomes. They did lose Tyree Kill, but, like, the thing is, the Chiefs, I wouldn't say, got worse, but they necessarily, like, they didn't really improve. While every other team in this division, the Broncos, they got Russell Wilson. Um, Chargers, they're like, oh, let's go get Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson. And the Raiders are like, hey, let's just go get the best receiver in the, in the NFL in Devontae Adams. So I think this division is stronger than ever. I don't, it's obviously not even a debate. This is this is the best division in all of football. I mean, it's sad that like all four of these teams probably – I would say not probably. All four of these teams easily capable – of making the playoffs and honestly capable of like winning a playoff game. Like that's how good this division is that someone in this division is probably going to win like seven games or eight games. Just Cause like you're playing a lot of in division games, like you're going to get beat up on. So I, I mean, for the chiefs though, I think this is like the most, the biggest year where like there's some, just question marks. Cause like personally I'm, I know Patrick Mahomes, how talented he is, 
if you watch him a lot, like I think Tyree Kill, were, they were both like a product of each other. Like obviously Patrick Mahomes has thrown him good passes, but like it's a lot of plays where Mahomes is just throwing a 10-yard pass to to Tyreek. I mean, look in the in the and in the AFC divisional game. I mean, that um touchdown at the end, Tyreek just took it like 65 yards and cribbed it. Like I don't I not having him, I mean they still do have speed, but like I think Ty not having Tyreek Hill at least at first, it's gonna be like a little difficult for this Chiefs offense. Like I still think they'll be explosive, but I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna miss Tyreek Hill. I love Juju Smith Schuster. I think in this offense um, he'll have more of a role where, like, he can succeed. And I think in Pittsburgh, after, like, that 1,400-yard season, they started using him a lot of, like, um, like short catches. Like, he really did not average a lot of yards per catch. I think this season he could have more of a chance to be more, like, explosive like he was, like, in his first two seasons in Pittsburgh. So I think he'll be really good. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm not really sold on the Chiefs winning this division, so – I still think they'll be good. Like I still think they're a playoff team, but like this is definitely like um a year where like yeah, this is not the Chiefs division to win. Like there's a lot of like other te- all these other teams probably have as good of a chance as as the Chiefs to win it. So um I'm curious to see how it is. This division is just gonna be fun to watch in, in general. Yeah, it's definitely the most open the NFC West has been since Mahomes has been there. If you ask me, and even honestly, I mean they were playoff team still winning the AFC West before Mahomes is there even in Alex Smith is Alex Smith's last year that they were still a playoff team so definitely curious to see and I mean you know the biggest thing with the receivers is too it never seemed like the Chiefs really ever had a number two receiver obviously uh, like Kelsey being a tight like a true wide receiver who was like Sammy Watkins when he was with the Chiefs never really put up a crazy season same thing with um Miko Hardman even there with Tyreek Hill you know what I mean so it looks like yeah they're not going to have the 1400 yard receiver that they had entirely killed but they're gonna piece together that production you're 100 right early on it's gonna be adjustment even for andy reed and eric the just scheming up things like teams are gonna play the chiefs a lot differently now that they don't have um tyree kill but guess what they still have patrick mahomes so patrick mahomes is gonna find ways to beat that beat this team like beat other teams some days he's gonna will you to victory even when necessarily um, you may not scheme it up completely right because that's how talented Mahomes really is. But, Corey, they're not my pick to win the division. It kind of seemed like you're a little bit pessimistic about them winning the division as well. I'm personally going with the Los Angeles Chargers, a Chargers team who should be out for some vengeance after last season with the debacle in Week 18. And I thought Staley honestly did kind of make the right play, calling the time out because you can't depend on another team to, like, not, besides the fact, I won't get into that. What they did in the offseason going to get Khalil Mack, going to get JC Jackson on the defensive side of things will help big time. Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams, too, should help up on the defensive front. They got a lot of weapons on offense, of course, with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams coming into his own. They just paid him this offseason. They brought in Gerald Everett, too, maybe to give them something at the tight end position. I know Jared Cook wasn't great last year. And at the end of the day, they got, again, a top five quarterback who He's going to go on an MVP-type season this year, again, in Justin Herbert. I mean, he is one of the top talents at the quarterback position. He continues to grow. Year two for Brandon Staley, he was very aggressive last year. I'm a big supporter of aggressiveness wins football games, and I think that this year, I think that the Chargers, obviously last year they played real tough with the Chiefs. They beat them in Arrowhead, and then on that Thursday night game in Los Angeles, I mean, I remember they left like, there was like three times they had the ball inside the 10-yard line and they left points on the board because they ended up going for it. So this is a team that for sure can go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, with them getting better in the Chiefs. Maybe necessarily not they just like 
losing a couple pieces, I think that the Chargers, it's almost their year to kind of take over here. And I think that they could potentially have a really big season. I know it's a popular pick, but um, yeah, I'd go with the Chargers. I know we'll get into the Broncos in a little bit, but I think the Chargers are my pick to take over the Chiefs and they'll finish first in this division. Whereas I think the Broncos are still, like, even with Russell Wilson, aren't the true contenders to the Chiefs in this division. Yeah, I mean, this this Chargers team, like on paper, is super stacked. Like, it's a shame they didn't make the playoffs last year. I think they've been a talented team, like, the last few years. But I think this is the year, like, they'll finally like, put it all together, I think. Um, Justin Herbert is – he's a superstar in the, in the league. It's not even a debate. I think people um, – I think the Joe Burrow hype is real, but I think Justin Herbert is a step ahead of Joe Burrow. I think Burrow got obviously that recency bias as he went in the playoffs. But, like, I, I would take Justin Herbert over Joe Burrow right now. But, I mean, you still got Keenan Allen. Mike Williams obviously had a really good year last year. Um, Austin Eckler obviously just can do a lot in that backfield. And then the defense, I mean, they were in a lot of, like – they could be in a lot of shootouts in in the AFC West this year. But that defense definitely improved. We bring in J.C. Jackson, who probably – I think he had, like, nine interceptions. Not maybe not nine, like – eight interceptions last year. Like, he was obviously a complete ball hawk. You bring in Khalil Mack, still one of the best pass rushers in the league. You still got Joey Bosa. You still have Derwin James. I think Brandon Staley sometimes is a little too aggressive. I think sometimes he just, like, I don't know. I remember they were playing the Chiefs earlier in the year. Like, he went for it on, like, fourth down. I think he got bailed out by, like, a penalty. They ended up winning the game. But I don't know. I think his aggressiveness is a little bit too much sometimes, I think. He's got a talented enough team where he doesn't have to gamble like that much. Like obviously it's good to gamble, but like you have a really good team. Like you don't have to like go out there and try to just steal it on that. Like it's good to bet on your team. Like you are good, but like sometimes just take the easy points, stuff like that. I mean, the Chargers are good enough on both sides of the ball to uh to win this division and make a deep run in the AFC. Yeah, I think I definitely think they are. I think that they are definitely one of the AFC true contenders. I think the AFC true contenders is a little bit of a bigger bubble than the NFC, but I think the Chargers for sure should be in it. So, core then circling down to the other two teams in this division, a lot of change up in both of these organizations. I'll start with the Broncos first. I think the Broncos will be a better team this year than the Las Vegas Raiders. One, because of I mean, they have a better quarterback there. Russell Wilson coming over from Seattle to Denver and hopefully bringing them back to the playoffs for the first time since they won the Super Bowl um, back in, like, 2015 when they did it with Peyton Manning. They have a lot of young talent there, Cord. Pat Sertan is an awesome corner. Javante Williams, second-year running back as well, hopefully takes a bigger role this year. And Jerry Judy, too, at the wide receiver position. Cortland Sutton comes back as well from an injury. So I think Russell Wilson, there are a lot of weapons for him this year in Denver to succeed. I don't necessarily think maybe from top to bottom they're as good as the Chargers. I also think that at this point, like I would take Justin Herbert over Russell Wilson, so maybe that's why I'm leaning there. Interesting to see, though, how Nathaniel Hackett, his first year as a head coach, he's able to adjust to Russell Wilson. Obviously, him being previously with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, definitely looking forward to that. They also did make a good pickup. I I do want to mention – um, with Randy Gregory on the defensive side of the ball get, to get after the pass rusher. They're going to be solid on defense. They're going to be solid on offense. I think they're a good team, but I don't think that they're – like I just don't think that they're going to play up to a Chargers level or the Chiefs level, although they're going to be competitive, of course. I think ultimately those two teams will finish better than them. And the Raiders, I don't know. I, I just 
yes, they made a lot of good moves this offseason. Obviously, going and get Devontae Adams, one of the best receivers in the league, is huge. And Josh McDaniels as your new head coach. But you look at some of the other things on this roster, I mean, it's it's just not great if you ask me. And I think with Derek Carr, who's like he's a good quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's clearly the fourth best quarterback in this division to have the worst supporting cast and the worst quarterback. I, it, it's just in a division that's so talented with three potential other playoff teams. I think and a first year head coach and Josh McDaniels. So I know Josh McDaniels is a great football mind. And it, it worries me a little bit for sure. They did bring in Chandler Jones, which would be nice on the defensive side of the ball to go with Max Crosby. I'm not a hundred percent sold. I know their offensive line to a lot of change up there. So yeah, I would definitely, I think the Broncos are a step ahead of the Ra- Raiders here in this division. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how you kind of feel about both of these teams because, like I said, a lot of switch up for both of them in the offseason. Yeah, I mentioned the Broncos were a team who you, like, looked at that roster and you saw, like, oh, it was Drew Locke throwing the ball, maybe, like, Teddy Bridgewater. And they were still, like, they were still, like, a decent team. And now you bring in Russell Wilson, probably a future Hall of Famer, who, I mean, I think the Broncos are, like, could also win this division, like, I wouldn't be shocked if the Broncos some if the Broncos finished ahead of the Chiefs. I don't think it's gonna happen, but like I think they could be right there. I'll give the Chiefs the edge, but I mean, um, this is a team yeah with like Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. You had a lot of mediocrity at the quarterback position. Now you're having a guy who who's won a Super Bowl, been to the playoffs a lot in Seattle. Just a guy who I don't know. He just knows how to throw the ball. I mean, he just knows how to get his guys involved. Doesn't really throw that many interceptions. Just like he, I mean, the beginning of like the beginning of the year, Russell Wilson is is usually like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Hopefully, with this team, like he doesn't like fall off a little bit. Because I don't know, Russell Wilson's had a great career, but you look at them on both sides of the ball. Like bring in Randy Gregory, still have Bradley Chubb, Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons. Like have a good defense, and I don't know. You have a sneaky, sneaky um. Good young skills um skills group. Javante Williams. Um obviously you still got Melvin Gordon there, not as young. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy's a good one-two combo with KJ Hamler. So yeah, I think this Broncos team, it's just such a loaded AFC, a loaded division. But I think I think the Broncos are another team. Like they'll be right there for for a playoff spot, I think, capable of winning at least 10 games. Like I think this is a, this is a really good team. So but you're not too sold on the Raiders. Oh, the Raiders. I mean, I'm sold on the Raiders too. Like, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm I think it's just too tough a division. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Raiders are a solid football team. I just think it's too tough a division. And like, you, like if, if I'm going to be sold on the Raiders, then I got to think that they're at least going to split their division games, but I just don't see it. I think the Raiders could easily go one and five in division. And if that's the case, then like puts them at like what? Realistically, an eight win football team max. Like, that's just, that's tough because they're a talented team. No, I kind of agree with that. I mean, the offense obviously got better bringing in Devontae Adams, but like, I mean, they the thing about this division is like they're all so good that like, if all like breaks loose, like if you tell me like at the end of the year like yeah the Raiders won this division, I wouldn't be shocked just because like how good this division is like mm-hmm. just four really good teams, but like I think they are the worst team in this division, and I like I said or I said at the beginning I think one of these teams is unfortunately gonna win like seven eight games just because in division play and i think that's honestly gonna be the las vegas raiders so yeah i mean i'm sold on i'm sold on the chargers the broncos i the chiefs so the chiefs so i don't know not all four of these teams could finish with 
10 plus wins. So I think if one team is not going to do it, it's going to be the Raiders. Like you said, in a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson, like, yeah, you got the worst, you have the worst quarterback in the division, which is honestly a shame. Cause I think Derek Carr is a good pro, but I don't know. I mean, the defense, you have Max Crosby also on Chandler Jones. So like that D line should be pretty good, but I don't know. I think it's a little bit shaky. Like, I think they're definitely the shakiest team in this division. And I don't know, unfortunately for them, I don't think they make the playoffs. I, I respect, I, I like them trying to go big, bringing in Devontae Adams, but it's just like, oh, it's just so unfortunate. Like one of these teams has to not be like a, above like 500 football team. I think that's honestly going to be the Raiders. Unfortunately, I think it's another year where, yeah, they, they, I mean, they made the playoffs last year, but, like, yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs this year just because how good the division is. Like, it's kind of crazy. I mean, in, like, the NBA, obviously, like, um, they were, like, vetoing trades. Like, you couldn't do that in this in this position, but it's crazy how, like, the Raiders are, like, the worst team in this division, but, like, you put them in, I don't know. I mean, the AFC South, like, you can make a claim that the, they would be the best team in that division. Like, I don't think they're better than the Colts, but, like, I think they're better than the Titans, but like it's unfortunate. Like mm-hmm. they're not going to. I don't think they're going to be that that successful this year, just because how good the division is. Yeah, what sucks too is that they went through all of that last year with John Gruden and stuff like that, Henry Ruggs, and they were still able to make the playoffs at ten and seven, and really were in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals until their last drive. So, I mean, it it just it almost seems like they're just the odd man out here. It's just like one of the teams just has to finish in last, and unfortunately. Looking at the other three teams, I'd have to lean with the Las Vegas Raiders, which brings us core to the rest of our playoff picture. I'll start with mine first. So I had the Bills, the Ravens, the Colts, and the Chargers as my four division winners. My wild card team score, I think one of them is completely obvious. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, if they don't win the division, I think whoever, like, I think no matter what, it, maybe if they win the division, the Chargers will definitely be a wild card team. I also have the Denver Broncos getting to the playoffs out of the NFC, out of the AFC West to make it three AFC West teams, but none of the Raiders making it the fourth team from the AFC West to make the playoffs. I instead will take the reigning AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals as my third and final wild card team. I think my most upsetting omission will be the Miami Dolphins because I think the Dolphins have a chance to win ten games this year. But just the way it came out, I think the Dolphins aren't. Broncos or the like, I just think the Broncos and the Bengals have a little too much time. As as good as the Dolphins could potentially be, I'll go on the side, like I'll err on the side of caution. I think that those two are just safer plays to make the playoffs. So I got the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Bengals as my wild card teams. And I know you had similar playoff team uh, division winners to me. You had the Bills, the Bengals, the Colts, and the Chargers. I'm curious who you have now as your wild card team. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually gonna go along similar lines. I think. I definitely got the Chiefs making it, and I do have the Denver Broncos as well. And then, like, the rest of the AFC you look at, like, I don't think the Patriots are a um, playoff team. I think Miami's capable, but, like, I think they come up just short. I don't think the Titans make it. I'm honestly going to go with the Baltimore Ravens as well. So, yeah, the Ravens, the Broncos, and the Chiefs are my three my three wildcard teams in the AFC. All right. Course, so we got. I mean, we got the same seven total playoff teams. We got them getting there a little differently, but o- overall, we're in agreement in the AFC. Which you know what, core? It's a recipe for disaster because if we agree on this too easily, then um, that's that, that could be a bad thing. That definitely could be. Core, I'll then start with you first. Um, we talked about yesterday who we think will represent the NFC in 
the Super Bowl. Core, it's time for your pick. We'll go with you first. Who's representing the AFC in the Super Bowl? And then ultimately, what does that make your Super Bowl? And who's going to be your Super Bowl champion? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the Bills year. But I don't know. Something about the Chargers roster just sticks out to me. So I think the the, the Los Angeles Chargers come out of the AFC. I think they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I kind of leaked it a little bit le- um yesterday about this last dance for Tom Brady. If Tom Brady gets to the Super Bowl, I, I've learned. I mean, I was all over the Kansas City Chiefs in, in 2020 for some reason or whatever. It was like 2021, yeah, February 2021. I was all over the Chiefs. I learned my lesson. I'll, I will not bet against Tom Brady again in the Super Bowl. So I think it's a chargers Bucks Super Bowl. The Bucks win, and Tom Brady gets another Super Bowl ring and MVP. Okay, Cor. I mean, if I would have like, um, of course, I would never want to do the same thing as you. I think the Chargers and the Bucks was one of my favorite Super Bowl matchups that I could potentially go with. So I kind of like that. But like I said, I'm going to go differently. And like I said, I did choose the San Francisco 49ers to represent in the NFC. So I'm going to go with a little bit of chalk here, Cor. If I'm not taking the Los Angeles Chargers, then I definitely think that the Buffalo Bills. Now, ultimately, I do think the Buffalo Bills are a better football team than Los Angeles Chargers. So I'm going to get boring. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win Super Bowl 57 over the San Francisco 49ers. And with that, obviously, I think Josh Allen does have a huge year. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to pick him for my MVP. I know I have to give one of the picks. I guess it seems like so right that, that, I mean, Lamar got his MVP. Mahomes got his MVP. Now, finally, Allen's going to get his MVP. I, I just don't know if I want to go Allen or Herbert. I know now that since I picked the Bills to make the Super Bowl, maybe I'll go with – I'll hedge it and I'll go with, like, Herbert to win the MVP. So – you know what? I will go with that. I'll take Justin Herbert then to be my to be my MVP this season, and Aaron Rodgers not repeating there. Um, what about you? Yeah, I mean MVP. I think um, going to be tough, but I don't know. I think Josh Allen is him and Patrick Mahomes are the best quarterbacks in the league. I think Josh Allen's a guy who it's clear how dominant he is. I think this is the year he finally get. I hate to just do all chalk, but like. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen, Josh Allen, just like such a, a freak of nature. Like he could literally do everything you want from a quarterback. So I think the Bills will be a top team in the league. So I'm going to arrive with Josh Allen to win, uh, to win MVP. All right, cool. And like, listen, I guess before we get into our game picks, we'll just do one last thing real quick. So because we went maybe a little bit of chalk there, then I kind of want to give maybe, a, I don't even want to say he's a longer shot because I mean, this guy's won an MVP, but I do think, Another guy who will be in the MVP conversation right when they announced that the NFL honors that it will be Lamar Jackson as well. I think Lamar Jackson is primed for a huge bounce back year. So I'm not necessarily saying again that he will, but I think that Lamar will definitely be in play potentially to win an MVP. Obviously, I said I was high on Trey Lance as well. Yesterday is potentially my breakout player. My breakout player this time in the AFC, I'm going to go with a receiver this time. I said I like the Bills. Obviously, they're my Super Bowl pick. I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis stepping in to the wide receiver two role in Buffalo. I think that he's got a chance to go nuclear this year, maybe potentially lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns. They lost Cole Beasley. They lost Emmanuel Sanders. There are a lot of targets for him to walk into. And obviously we saw what he could do in the divisional round against the Chiefs when he went for four touchdowns there. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Gabriel Davis. I think Jerry Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos is also a good little breakout candidate. Both guys now are third-year receivers. Both have – extremely talented quarterbacks throwing them, obviously with Judy now getting Russell Wilson. So, yeah, I kind of like both of those guys as potential breakout candidates in the AFC. But, yeah, any, any other guys, Corey, really, like, stick out to you, maybe on the upper echelon towards the things that potentially could 
maybe win an MVP or like guys even like a little low key that maybe you just think are going to break out and you kind of want to put it out there into the universe. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on like the wide receiver wave. I think two guys, I think Elijah Moore on the Jets and Juju Smith-Schuster on the Chiefs, I think. I mean, Smith-Schuster has had a 1,400-yard season in his career, but I think the last few years have been a little more quiet for him. So, I don't know. I'm, I think Juju will, will be better just because, like, the quarterback play, you got Pat Mahomes throwing you the ball. So, I don't know. I think Juju's a guy the last few years he's kind of been hated on a little bit. He does a lot of, like, TikTok dances. But I don't know. I, I, I still believe in Juju, I think, a change of scenery. I think it was clear he loved Pittsburgh, but, like, I don't think they were using him, like, in the right role. So, I think him going to um Kansas City in a dynamic offense – maybe ability to um, be a little more explosive. I think Juju will break out and uh, have a really good year. And I think, yeah, he's going to be the number one wide receiver on that team. So, yeah, I'll pick Juju as, like, my breakout player in the AFC. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I kind of mentioned this, too, when I was talking about the Chiefs. I think Juju definitely has a nice little bounce back year and kind of reminds people that, like, maybe he's not, like, this elite receiver that, like, we maybe thought he could have been going into year three, coming off that huge year that he had in 2018, but um, definitely reestablished himself as a premier receiver in the National Football League. And with that core, it brings us to our week one game picks. We are finally here, ready to talk some football, talking about tonight's game first between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champions who will host this game too in the stadium that they won the Super Bowl. The Bills are two and a half point favorites here. Core, I mean, I just took the Bills to win the Super Bowl. There's no way I could pick against them here. I know Sean McVay is awesome in week one with extra time to prepare, but that doesn't matter. I'm going to go with the Bills minus two and a half here. I think they hit the ground running. Um, again, I think it's just like a revenge tour for them. I think that obviously how their season finished, I know Josh Allen, obviously that famous picture of him sitting on the bench this year. There's no better way to kind of remind teams like, all right, like you saw what happened to us in on the national spotlight last year. Like the last time you saw us, we got – we gave up a touchdown with 13 seconds left and then got screwed by a coin. Like we're back and we're making a statement first by beating the reigning Super Bowl champion. So I'm going to go with the bills here um, to win this game and obviously cover the two and a half points. I like them here. I think it's going to be a real good game. I think this could, uh, I don't want to say like, uh, I'm not going to put this out there court best game of the year, potentially, but I mean, you'd look at, I mean, two teams who should really give you an absolute treat of a game. I mean, this is one of them. You couldn't ask for honestly want a, a better game to open up the season is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, I mean, for sure, this can easily be a a Super Bowl preview here in week one. Uh, I think this line, I don't know, it's kind of shifted a lot. I think I remember this opening up at, like, Rams minus one or Rams minus one and a half, and now it's Buffalo minus two and a half. And I don't know, I'm, I'm going to go with the the home team. home A home underdog I'll take, a team coming off a Super Bowl win. Uh, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Rams. You still have Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, Allen Robinson, I expect to, to be really good. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Rams in a in a really good game, but I think they come away with the win. All right, fair. Listen, Corey, I got Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup on one of my fantasy teams, so I'm hoping that they keep the connection going into this season. That'd be real awesome for me. We're going to skip to one of the games now on Sundays. We're going to go with the Chiefs, three-and-a-half-point favorites, traveling to Arizona to play the Cardinals. The Cardinals, as we've mentioned, these past couple of years have really done a good job opening the season well, but you know who opens the season the best score? Patrick Mahomes in his four-week one starts, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Andy Reid, again, one of those coaches that when he has more than a week to prepare, he is awesome in. I think it might take a little bit getting used to, like I said, life without Tyree Kill. I still think um, 
they'll have enough to beat Arizona. I think it's going to be – this could potentially be a shootout here too. Obviously, both offenses could score with the best of them. I'll take the Cardinals to cover three and a half points, but in the end, I think the Chiefs ultimately get it done. So I'll side with Patrick Mahomes ultimately winning this game. Yeah, I expect this to be a really good game between two two good quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is great, but yeah, I don't know what it is. I I said earlier I think they're going to struggle a little bit without Tyree Killer first. And I did pick Juju Smith-Schuster as my breakout player in the AFC, but I don't know. The, the Cardinals are a team who has opened really good to start the season. I think they'll continue that. So I expect a shootout in this game. I'll go uh, – I'll even give you a score. I think, the, I think the Cardinals actually win this game by a score of 34-31. to 31. I think both teams are clicking on offense. But I don't know. I think the Cardinals at home pull this one out. Okay, moving on to another division game, Corey, the NFC North. This is one of them that we had conflicting picks on. I got the Packers winning the division. You have the Vikings. The Packers are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Minnesota. Last year, they played an awesome game in Minnesota, I remember. Rodgers scored with maybe about, like, two minutes left, I want to say, and then the Vikings ultimately ended up winning because of, like, a penalty or maybe a blown coverage, one of the two. But – I'm going to go with the Vikings here as an underdog to win outright. I just think that the first game in the Kevin O'Connell era, maybe the game means a little bit more for them, and especially in front of the home crowd. It's almost like more of like those statement things. Like, you know what? The Vikings last year, they lost all those close games. Like this year, we're going to open up, and we're going to open up really strong. Whereas the Packers last year, I mean, first of all, you remember how they opened up in New Like that game was played in like Jacksonville Stadium against New Orleans. It was disgusting. It was embarrassing. They got absolutely demolished I think I don't remember the exact final off the top of my head maybe 35-3 or something like that yeah they got the ship right but you're going to tell me now that they've got to open without Devontae Adams Rodgers and his receivers like who does he really have that connection with like I trust Mahomes maybe to still lean on Travis Kelsey in week one but Rodgers like he couldn't Aaron Jones but like I don't it doesn't do, I'm going to go with the Vikings here with the new coach and starting the Kevin O'Connell era 1-0 so I'll take the Vikings here to win this one at home yeah, I'm going to ask to go with the Vikings also. I've gone with the home team in all three games so far. I think the Vikings are going to win this division. So I think they make a statement. Week one, uh, Justin Jefferson, I think – I mean, Jair, Jair Alexander should be there. But I think Justin Jefferson is just um, an elite talent. So I think the Vikings get it done and and win this one in the, in the NFC North battle. All right. All right, Corey, so you said that you went with the three home teams that we've talked about. Brings us into our last game. The Buccaneers are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Dallas playing the Dallas Cowboys. You could take this one first, Core. Are you going with the four-for-four four and taking the Dallas Cowboys at home, or are you going to side with your Super Bowl champion, eventual hopeful Super Bowl champion pick, yeah. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Tampa Bay Bucks are my Super Bowl champs, but I don't know. This is this is a rematch of last year's um first game. Mm-hmm of the season and I mean Dallas I remember was underdog by about like eight and a half points, maybe nine. And they, they played Bad really well. easily could have won. Um I remember I think Ryan Suck up got like a last second field goal to win that game. Yep. I don't know. I think this one in Dallas, I still think Tom Brady and Bucks are gonna win the Super Bowl. But I, I'm 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 gonna stay with the home team. I think Dallas gets this win. Um I think Dallas wins by at least 10 points honestly. I just think Tom Brady uh, he did retire. Um, I think he's been having some like stuff going on. I think he's been away from the team for a little bit. Maybe that wasn't him. I think it was though. But um, yeah, I think I think he'll find his way back into it. But I think first week, sixteen game, seventeen game season, like it's only week one. I think Dallas still a still a good team. I think they take this one at home and uh go to one and zero. 
Yeah, listen, Dallas could be a good play here, especially in the fact that, like, Brady obviously stepped away from camp and stuff like that, and Chris Godwin maybe going to be a little limited this week. He's going to look like he's going to play, but he might be limited. I don't know. Like, there's just no way I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys. I know they played so well in um, Tampa Bay last year to open up the season, but there's just no way I'm going to sit here and take the Dallas Cowboys core. All right, so I'm going to take the buff. The, I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to ultimately win this game. Of course, covering the one and a half. I think it's going to be a close game, and like I said, it wouldn't surprise me again if the Cowboys won this game. But again, just on paper, like I think the Cowboys they just lost too much this year and didn't replace it enough. And I think it's going to come back to bite them. I think it's going to happen early. No Michael Gallup too in Week One, so you're C.D. Lamb and a bunch of unproven commodities at the receiver position. Dalton Schultz, you might have to lean on, and um. Maybe Tony Pollard, they get going maybe as a receiver in this game with Ezekiel Elliott as well in the backfield. But with that core, that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to check us out on our Instagram at the deep ball underscore. We should have the rest of our game picks up for this upcoming week that we didn't discuss. I'm definitely pumped to get back on here and recap really almost the offseason, kind of give you a preview as well for our conferences, give us our picks. And, Cora, I'm definitely ready to watch some football week one and get back on here to recap that. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.